0: Welcome to the TEFL Training Institute podcast, the bite-sized TEFL podcast for teachers, trainers, and managers. Hey, Ross.
1: Hey, Tracy. Oh, <laughs>
0: I really like your shirt. Thanks. Did you buy it in the shop or...?
1: I got it tailor-made.
0: Oh, really? Oh, yes. it must be really expensive. Uh, not really. Oh, okay. So it's quite interesting, actually, in our lives and we are trying to have tailored, customized and personalized um, experience like tailor-made clothes. But I think the same thing for learning and our students and also are looking forward to something actually tailored and personalized for their experience.
1: Yeah. Mm. Like if you're listening to this podcast now, you've tailored your radio experience right like uh, mm-hmm. 20 years ago what you would listen to on the radio would just be whatever was on on the radio at the time but that's kind of not true anymore is it like and the same goes for tv as well where you can choose what shows you want to watch and download them and watch them whenever you want mm-hmm. so that's how kind of that's how we get personalization in the rest of our lives like what why is it important then for students to have personalization and personalized learning experiences
0: mm-hmm. because it engages students in the whole process because if they can talk about Something or learn something that's relevant to their lives, their interests and preferences, and it's more likely for them to get involved in the in the process, right? And then they'll be more engaged and then they will, they will have more curiosities to find out more information.
1: Can I add in a little quote from the Khan Academy? So he's talking here about what happens in regular one-size-fits-all when classes, and he's comparing it to riding a bike. In a, in a traditional classroom, you have a couple of uh, uh, homework, homework, lecture, homework, lecture, and then you have a snapshot exam. And that exam, whether you get a, a 70%, an 80%, a 90%, or a 95%, the class moves on to the next topic. And then you go build on that in the next concept. That's analogous to, uh, imagine learning to ride a bicycle. And I give you that, that bicycle for two weeks, and then I come back after two weeks, and I say, well, let's see, you're having trouble taking left turns, you can't quite stop, you're, you're an 80% bicyclist. So I put a big C stamp on your forehead. And then I say, here's a unicycle. But as ridiculous as that sounds, that's exactly what's happening in, in 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 our classrooms
0: right now. All right, so I think it's going to be very interesting to have a discussion about how we can personalize in education. So we've got three questions to discuss. The first one.
1: How can you personalize learning for students? The second one.
0: And how do you personalize development for teachers? And the last.
1: If you're a manager, how can you personalize the work experience for your staff? Okay, so let's talk about personalization for students. So we have an acronym today to help you remember. So the acronym for personalizing for students is? Connect. Great, so let's go through them. So the first C is for? content. Right. So the idea here is that whatever you're teaching, you can connect that content to the students' lives, like where they're from, like what they like doing.
0: Yeah. And just make it more localized, you know, represent the students' background and then where they're from. You know, sometimes we may have a discussion about something, but, you know, the very common situation I experienced was the students told me, oh, I don't know what to say. So in this point, I don't think you know, the teacher personalize the lesson enough. The teacher can provide the students a chance to link their assumed knowledge and their experience to the new language or concept they're learning in the, in the lesson.
1: Okay, so that was C was for content. Mm-hmm. What is O?
0: O is for outcome. And how I understand this point is how we set personal learning objectives in class for example we, maybe we have like five new words or maybe two uh, structures that you expect students to achieve in the lesson but it's really impossible for every single student to achieve the same thing mm. don't force the students to achieve the same thing in the same class because they're different
1: For all different levels to begin with yeah, yeah so how could yeah. they all get to the same point at the end mm-hmm. yeah and next one is n and for needs something I heard David Gradle say a while ago at IATEFL, and he was talking about how if you're a waiter and you're like beginner level, often what, you know, you get covered in a course book is talking about yourself, describing your family, describing Mm -hmm. your clothes. But he said, if I go into a restaurant and meet a waiter with like A1 level English, I don't want to talk to him about his family. I want to order a meal. Mm -hmm. I think the point here is to think about why your students are learning English and then taking that into account in like what you decide to teach them.
0: However, do you think the reason why they're learning the language because they're prepared, they're preparing themselves for future?
1: Well, yes and no. I mean, I can see that a lot of people need to learn English to pass a test. A classic thing that I think I've mentioned on this podcast before is that a lot of kids I've met, one of the main sort of authentic ways that they use English is when they go abroad with their parents and they have to help their parents buy things or translate things. But we never really do any translation in class with, with students. You know, you pretend to be the mom or pretend to be the shopkeeper and you can translate, right? Like I think that's a, a great example of a need that we don't really fill. So that was content outcomes needs. What's the second N?
0: The second N is noticing learning and how can we make the learning visible and also um, raise our students awareness about how they learned and what they learned because everyone
1: Everyone will learn a different thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's nothing really more personalized than that, is there, about talking about what you learned and even what activities you found were the most helpful for you mm-hmm. in class. And I think you can do that with almost any age group. I remember teaching three-year-olds and giving them, like, smiley face and sad face uh, flashcards. Mm-hmm. And after we would play a game, for example, you just say, oh, did you like it or did you not like it? And they mm. could use the, the flashcards to, to tell you about their, their preferences. Mm. Uh What's next?
0: E means engage. Engage students by choosing activities that match their preferences.
1: Not learning styles. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think the point here is that most of what we talked about so far is personalizing the what of the lesson. But here I'm talking about personalizing the how. Mm. So finding out from your students, like, what kind of activities do they like. Maybe by doing the thing I mentioned before of, you know, did you enjoy that, did you not enjoy that? Mm -hmm. Asking at the end of the class what was useful. What was not useful with adults? You can do surveys Survey. with mm-hmm. them. With, um, you can even just like notice, obviously, students' reactions and find out what they seem to be most interested in or engaged in. So
0: I think overall, it just means we need to differentiate the task and activity and to make sure there's a variety of things going on or used in the class
1: that work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the next one is
0: choice we try to empower our students by giving them voice and choice during the learning process students know what are most suitable for them right and teacher or parents always believe we are the experts and know what's suitable for them but actually no i know myself i know i don't like doing that i know it doesn't work i'm not interested in it so give them an option and the last one is um, t
1: for tailoring language practice
0: for example there's an accuracy based activity and you have a gap fill or make sentences right and then the sentence probably have a a person like uh, ross but the student's name is not ross is tim right so you can just let the students to change the name to someone that they know and make sure the content of the uh, production, language production, you know, something that they are familiar with. Not just imagine a person on the street mm. or try to make up, you know, some facts that they've never heard about. Just make it related to what they know, what they are sure about, and they feel more confident are more willing to share with us.
1: Great. Okay, so connect. C-O-N-N-E-C-T. C is for? Content. O is for? Outcomes. N is for? needs n again is for
0: noticing learning
1: e is for
0: engage
1: c is for choice and t is for
0: tailor language practice
1: let's talk about how to personalize development for teachers
0: this just reminds me of um, a teacher is telling me and said, oh, I've been to this training before, but uh, I have to go to this training. And I asked him, why? And Because my manager ran this training and I have to be there. Otherwise, I'm not showing, you know, I care about personal or career development. I think it's quite funny. Yeah. I Have you ever got this kind of feedback from teachers or heard? Well, I've, I've
1: definitely seen it that like, oh, we're running a training this week on X. And it's like, well, why are you running a training on that? And it's because the person like they read about it the week before and they thought it was interesting or it's something they know a lot about. It's centered on the, the need of the presenter to share rather than the needs of the trainees to learn something. Hmm. I think that's a problem.
0: But how can we solve this problem?
1: But I think we need to get out of this mindset that the best way for teachers to learn is to have whatever it is, five people or 20 people or 100 people sitting in a room at the same time looking at someone going through a PPT. And that's not what teacher development should be. I think teacher development should start off with either you or you with someone else observing a video of your own lesson or someone observing you teach a class. And talking about what went well, what didn't go well, what some of the themes were in the lesson, what things that you would like to improve on and talk about, you know, if, you, if you're a manager, for example, or, a, or a, a trainer and then saying, oh, well, why don't you go and observe this person and you can see them do this thing that you feel didn't go very well. Or, or why don't you read this book or watch this YouTube video? Okay,
0: I totally understand it. But my question is, or my concern is, and if you have a, a group of teachers, right, maybe I don't know. 200, or 500, or even a 1,000 or 10,000. How can you do that? You know what I mean? How can you make it so personalized because you have such a big number of teachers?
1: I guess in those circumstances, it's still possible, for example, to give teachers the tool to or tools to observe their own classes. You can quite easily stick your mobile phone at the back of the room, hit record, and then sit down for an hour, the next day or something and, and watch back and choose we to work a, on them.
0: We need very self-disciplined and...
1: Yeah, but I, again, I think this is one of the problems is that there's an assumption that if you stick some bodies in a room with someone who's presenting something, learning will occur. Mm-hmm, I don't that's think true. that's true.
0: I think people who are doing training and you know ask them to sit in training sessions, they believe... And the teachers who have never exposed to the concept or information before, and it's great for them to understand and learn. And for people who have already knew this, and it's great for them to consolidate that area. So it won't hurt anyone. Do you think that's right? or
1: No, I think anytime you force people to, to develop, it, it it kind of harms their attitude towards development. So I think with that stuff, I think it can be harmful. And I think it's also harmful just in the way it treats teachers, that it assumes that you don't have the knowledge or self-awareness to know how you should develop. So last point then is how do you think as a manager you can can personalise the experience of your staff at work.
0: Um, I think, first of all, you have, you know, the same thing like you, uh, like we do with our students, you know, you know, have a chat with them. Uh, What's your favorite cartoon? Um, <laughs> do you like playing soccer?
1: You're talking about uh, the students, not the, the teachers here, right? No,
0: no, no, I no, no, Just talking about so. But I think for managers, the same thing. I mean, you need to speak to your staff, like what are you interested i think when i manage a team and always try to have a small chat with the team members and just say hey what are you doing um, what are you working on and then just you know ask how they feel about it and also something you know they're super interested in and they want to get involved in it in the future if really there are some opportunities to provide to them and we can make the work or tasks even more personalized because everybody got their Um, expertise that's something they would like to develop even more
1: yeah i think maybe a key difference here between like the students coming to class we assume that we assume maybe that the the students don't have to be there and the same with the teachers developing they don't have to do it but of course the difference with staff is that you are paying people to be at work so i think there's a limit to choice right so when you said one way is maybe asking people like what they like doing i think another way is looking at or asking people what they want to do in the future and For example, even if someone's planning on leaving your school in six months' time or a year's time, if you can find out where they're going and what they want to do, then again, you can try and find some tasks for them at work which match their interests or will help build their skills in the directions that they want to go into in the future. Cool.
0: Thanks very much for listening to our podcast. That means you've already personalized your own development so that's (laughs) the first step thank you and then see you next time bye for more podcasts videos and blogs visit our website
1: www.tefotraininginstitute.com if you've got a question or a topic you'd like us to discuss, leave us a comment.
0: And if you want to keep up to date with our latest content, add us on WeChat at Tefo Training Institute.
1: If you enjoy our podcast, please rate us on iTunes.